Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I'm very pleased to introduce you to my guest tonight, Dick Law. Longtime Nevada County resident, realtor, Rotarian, and housing advocate, creating tiny homes for the formerly unhoused. Dick, welcome to Sages Among Us. Thanks, Lori. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And we always like to get to know um, our guests a little bit uh, about their background. And so, did you grow up in Nevada County? No, I was raised in San Francisco um, and moved up here when we were 24 years old. So as you were growing up, who were some of your role models? Well, I was really lucky. I had my mom and dad, of course, and across the street was a a, a lovely couple that had no children, and uh, it was always a safe haven for any of the law kids to wander across the street and, and just be felt like you were really special. It was Glenn and Margaret Johnson. Glenn uh, was a big brother and uh, kind of motivated me to get involved with Big Brothers later in my life. So when you grew up, did you know what you wanted to be? Well, I thought of, I thought about a lot of different things. I, I never really thought about being a realtor, um, even though it was there as my father had started his company in 1949. Um, I thought about being a teacher. I was uh, a camp counselor and really loved working with children. And so you were in the city of San Francisco, so um, when you were a camp counselor, did you that take you out of the area, out of the city and into the foothills or in our area at all? Well, it was in the Napa Valley, uh, actually Pope Valley, which is just uh, east of St. Helena, California, just beautiful country, uh, beautiful camp with a private lake where we water skied and sailed. Where did you go to school? Well, uh, I actually, we did live in Marin for a short time. I went to Redwood High School, which uh, was uh, Robin Williams was in the class behind me, and um, he was quite a character then. And then we moved back into the city, and I went to Drew School, which is on California Street, and went to College of San Mateo and uh, the University of San Francisco. Uh, the Jesuits had to do some work for me. <laughs> well, you mentioned being a camp counselor, but what were some of your other early jobs? Um, <clears throat> I think it was between my junior and uh, senior year in college, I went to work as a butcher, and uh, being in San Francisco, if you graduated from high school and you lived in the avenues, you were almost guaranteed a union job. And uh, Butcher was the union I joined, became a butcher. We made sausage. Uh, any of you living in the East Bay may uh, know the Casper's Hot Dog Place. And we 
We uh, made the, the hot dogs for them. We also serviced some of the finest restaurants in town, um, many of which are gone today, but uh, it was an interesting time. Um, being in the union, I certainly learned about collective bargaining and the benefits of unions that I think today, as we got so far away from the unions, uh, that see their purpose, and they certainly were helpful for uh, a young person getting going. So that sounds like a, a powerful lesson to learn about the unions and the, the value, but what other kind of lessons did you learn from some of your early jobs? Well, a camp counselor, I remember being 18 and um, being um, the supervisor for people in their 20s, and uh, it was... I, I said to my father, I said, I, I don't know how to uh, manage older people. And he says, well, you know, you, you need to get used to it because you're, you're always going to be working with older people. And uh, sure enough, um, as I got in my 20s and 30s, I was uh, managing 50- and 60-year-old uh, realtors. And what was the key? What were some of the keys to managing people that, that were senior to you in age? Well, I, it's like the age really becomes secondary and it's just about earning respect and earning respect by showing them how capable you are and uh, what what are the expectations you know what do I expect from them and what can they expect from me as a supervisor well you mentioned that you moved up to Nevada County when you were 24 so what made you decide to move up to Nevada County from the city I mean and it, that must have been uh, even the Nevada County must have been even smaller than it is now it, it is, and I was interesting talking today with Jim Simmons, uh, he's a teacher at NU, and he said how <clears throat> the county changed in the 70s and when people from Los Angeles and San Francisco began to move into the area, and it made me smile because I was one of those, and uh, we moved up here. I was working in the city, and I, I knew if I stayed in the city that I would probably be living an hour outside of the city at that time, which would mean an hour commute to work, an hour commute back to work. And I just thought of that lifestyle, and I, I just wasn't going to accept that. And so living in Nevada County, I would be, you know, where I work and uh, just a great place to raise my children. Yeah, so you, ha you have children that, that live in the area? Yeah, I'm really lucky. It's the dream. I have uh, a son and a daughter. They both live in Nevada City. They're married with children. So I am blessed with five grandchildren, and two are in Nevada Union right now, and uh, two are in Seven Hills. And I have one attending CR College. Wow, that is pretty amazing to have your whole family in the community. Yeah, I just feel very lucky and uh it was interesting my son went away to school and he was he was gone for 14 years and he finally said dad uh, do you think i could be a realtor <laughs> you know I, I said well i'm i'm sure you can and uh so he came uh, he was teaching school in uh, elk grove and decided to make the move here he had just had a son and uh just like nancy and myself he did not want to raise his uh, son in the city of sacramento he wanted the good fresh country air well, that's that's fantastic. So that you're working uh, with your son um, here as a realtor. So, how long have you been a realtor in Nevada County? It's been 45 years, um, and in a lot of different uh, roles. Uh, we had a large office, my father and myself, and a lot of times uh, I was 
spending administrating as opposed to knocking on doors or selling real estate and uh, did a lot of different facets. Uh, We had a a loan mortgage company and uh, that dovetailed well with the, the real estate business. Well, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and I'm talking today to Dick Law, housing advocate. Well, what do you like about your work as a realtor? Well, it's uh, family and getting people into homes. Uh, It's very rewarding, and sometimes I've been doing it for a long time, so it it seems pretty seamless for me, Um, but it's... um, a lot for many people to to undertake and you know where do i start and uh, i said well start by talking to me how can i help you i can you know make this a reality for you There's a few steps we need to take and just helping people solve their problems and meeting their goals so how's your professional uh, your profession influenced your perspective on housing oh it certainly did i I was talking to somebody today, and he says, well, why are you doing this? And I said, well, I think it's a deposit in the Bank of Karma. I've done well selling real estate, working around real estate, and I have seen some of the unfortunate situations. Uh, Certainly people, it's not all uh, their own doing, just bad luck or bad circumstances. And before you know it, um, they're without a home. Yes, yeah, so you do describe yourself as a housing advocate, and and so what does that mean to be a housing advocate? Excuse me. Well, what it means is I we need to work on the policies that government is handing out or doing with us or to us, and uh, I I have been known to be very cynical and hard on um, the authorities, but I think. I don't think. I know as uh, if we want to see change, we have to do something to create it. We can't count on others to uh, make wise decisions. Uh, so I just uh, I, I do what I can with whoever I can to influence um, the decisions that are being made. And it's you know it's a little bit frustrating. They 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 don't they know how I feel, and uh, they don't necessarily want help. You know, it, it's just like when you're cooking stew. You know, you think you have the ingredients, and you don't need somebody else stirring the pot. And there are just many people that I work with around uh, being an advocate for housing that are all trying to stir the pot. And we just want to get people sheltered. Well, you started a program called Ready to Rent. And and what was that program about? Well, that's interesting. I I can't take credit for that. That's a national program. But I did bring it to town and uh, got some people to teach it in the nonprofits. Ready to Rent is for those people that maybe never had a home. And uh, maybe they were homeless as uh, children. And so they need to learn some life skills. You know, how do you manage a household? How do you manage a checkbook? All of those things. I mean, you can take a homeless person or unhoused person and put them into a house, but you haven't fixed the real problem. And the problem is they may not have the skills to manage a household. 
I noticed you used the term unhoused versus homeless. So would you talk about that a little bit, Dick? Yeah, I, I, I think homeless carries a negative connotation with a lot of people. And when I address an audience, I always like to know where they stand. I mean, if they're not interested, they think homelessness is uh, something that uh, people worked at to get to, um, I, then maybe they're not my audience. Maybe we don't have much to talk about. But if they have some sympathy for the unhoused people and how can we fix their personal situation, I, Brendan Phillips is the housing director here at Nevada County, and one of my early conversations with him was, well, are, isn't this what these people want? They want to be unhoused. And he he put it in my mind that no these people didn't most of them did not grow up thinking hey i want to be homeless soon it's not for many people it's not a choice um, we have classified uh, my group uh, the the homeless groups who are they and uh, we have uh, what my friend calls them hobos and i call them career campers you know i was 18 once and uh being free and loose was, you know, probably something I thought of. But uh, at my age now, it's nothing I ever wanted to to be. And some people take that, and then they they don't know how to break the cycle. How do they how do they get into a house? How do they present themselves? I mean, can you imagine uh, being unhoused and having to go to a job interview? It's it's um, how do you present yourself without a shower in the morning? It's it's tough. And uh, these are what people are facing. You you mentioned uh, Brandon Phillips and and uh, conversations with him, and it sounds like you had a a transformative that that was a transformative conversation. Uh, do you think that there are a lot of other people in in your profession that that see housing the way you see see it, Dick? Oh, I do. I did a presentation for the board of directors at. Um, the Nevada County Association for Realtors, and I asked the question, you know, how many of you feel this is a problem, a problem that these people need help with, and, you know, how many of you just really are not interested in what I'm about to say? And the majority were interested. I think the frustration is, what do you do? And uh, being in the industry, I thought the problem is there are no houses. I mean, people, we have a shortage. We've had a shortage for... 12 years, we're building less than we need, so every year we fall further behind the curve. So I wanted to create some inventory, and I don't have the ability to fix the problem. I just have the ability to, to maybe help a handful of people, and that's what my group, uh, This Is Now Your Home, has decided to do. So, yes, tell us about, you started a nonprofit, and it's called This Is Now Your Home? Yes, this is now your home, or Tiny. It stands for Tiny, and we uh, put together a nonprofit uh, two years ago. And like everybody else, we were bit by the COVID bug, and it you know it set us back uh, probably seven or eight months. We pushed through. We just completed our first home, and about six or eight months ago. We decided we would focus on the veterans because because we we're not social workers. We're um, I'm a realtor. Jim Mal, my partner, is a he owns the paint store, Mal's Paint in Town, and Mark Root is our general contractor. 
and none of us are social workers. I mean, we all have some people's skills, but we're not qualified to deal with um, uh, the people that really need help. So um, the veterans have a bundle of services. Locally, we have David West, the officer for Nevada County, the veterans officer for Nevada County, and he comes with a lot of support services for the veterans. So we plugged in, we focused on the veterans that we want to help them. Uh, there's 40 unhoused veterans in Nevada County, and uh, we completed our trailer and immediately uh, call it a trailer. It's a tiny home, but it's on wheels. And uh, that created some problems in the, the veterans. They, want their, they don't want to put their veterans in temporary facilities. And because it has wheels, they think it's temporary. And I, well, we can fix that. We can take the wheels off. But um, so we we built these things on a trailer chassis to um, get around some of the building restrictions. But it created some other problems that we're working through. And uh, so we housed our first veteran uh, about two weeks ago in Meadow Vista, which is just on the other side of um, the Bear River. And we were hoping to do it here in Nevada County, but we just we didn't find the right circumstances. And uh, it was important we get this house uh, they uh, moved into. So now that it is, and it's occupied by Paul, our veteran in uh, Meadow Vista. Paul's 70 years old. He's a Vietnam vet and just very deserving and a good all-around man. Well, that is very exciting news. And how do you... It's the house, and I want to ask you some more questions about the, the actual tiny house, but the piece of land, did, did somebody have to donate that? How do you go about uh, finding a place to put a tiny house? Well, that's one of the questions, and one of some of the work we still have to do is to uh, work with the city of Grass Valley and the county and to get them to accept this and tell us how we can do it. They certainly have no problem telling us how we can't do it. And that's one of the reasons we got where we we got, because we just went ahead and built it, figuring if we build it, they'll come. And certainly we found somebody. But we have a lot of work to do with, um, like I mentioned, Grass Valley in Nevada County. They have their issues, and they need to work with us and be accepting of what we want to do rather than say no. I mean, it's, it's too easy to say no and, uh, oh, that can't be done. And, well, you know, it can be done if you're willing to work with us. And we hope to gain some traction there. We have a property in um, Grass Valley that's zoned for this type. Well, it's not zoned for houses on wheels so obviously we're going to have to take the wheels off of it and can we do that yeah that's pretty simple there's just bolts that hold the wheels on but maybe we should not be building them on trailer chassis at all and maybe we should be looking more like what they're doing uh, in sacramento and in oakland where they're taking uh, tough sheds and converting them into living quarters and uh, we have, like I said, a lot of work to do. There's a lot of money to be spent on infrastructure and on planning, and we would really like help around those issues. And how do we get help? It's by sitting down at the table with the leaders and saying, do you see this as we see it, that we can 
make a difference. And well, you're, I'm going to just is, let people know who they're listening to, and they're listening to Sages Among Us on KBMR, and I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I'm talking to Dick Law, housing advocate. And Dick, you're telling us about some of the challenges in terms of things that that can't work. Uh, but you and your partners are looking for ways that this can work. And, and one of the things, I, I hear the, the term tiny house a lot, but what's really included in a tiny house? Is there a sink, a bathroom? Um, what what, what yeah. do you and your partners mean when you talk about a tiny house? Well, our tiny house would be similar to a studio. It has a full bathroom. It has a kitchen, has the... Um, you know, the kitchen sink and the toaster oven and the microwave. And, of course, the flat-screen TV, you know, couldn't be a home without that. <laughs> so uh, it's everything you would expect in a house. Now, the term tiny home is open to interpretation. And, uh, you know, it could be they, they don't have to have bedroom or bathrooms, but ours do. We want to create something where... Somebody's going to be proud to live there, and this is this is their home, and uh, where they can take care of all their needs inside. It seems to me that I heard something um, recently about maybe it's in other counties that that are allowing uh, having creating more flexibility for tiny homes. So, are there uh, different laws in different counties about this? Well. Just a couple of weeks ago, the governor signed three bills to, um, we call them ADUs, accessory dwelling units, that uh, some uh, metropolitan areas or municipalities are trying to, they don't want them. And the governor and legislators said, no, you have to allow this. This is our one way, one easy way to provide affordable housing. And uh, is it the end-all answer? No, it's not. But is it an answer? Yes. Not sure that answered your question. Well, it, it does. It's, it seems like there is some some uh, general movement, at least at the state level, to to find a way to do exactly what you're do you're you're suggesting is is how do we get these tiny homes set up so that people can actually move into them and have their own home. Um, so you mentioned that that you are partnering with the Veterans um, Office, and and you certainly have a nonprofit. Do, are there other organizations or folks in the community that you partner with to, to move forward with all the work that you're doing? Well, we're open to work with all and anybody. Uh, Volunteers of America is a, a, a nationwide organization, and they, they provide a lot of support for the the veterans. And so we we have their ear, and they're talking to us. There was recently a stand-down, which they do every year um, for the veterans, and this year it was done at the, the Veterans Hall there in Grass Valley. And so we, we were there, and we talked to all the vendors, and, you know, everybody is on board. Uh, mentally that or emotionally that this is a great idea but you know where does the rubber meet the road and that is getting some policies changed and getting Nevada County to to address this problem in a broader broader scope and um, you just can't do it on with blinders on and it's 
it's a struggle. You know, this is not something new for me. Yes, the steps I've taken are, are relatively two years old, but, uh, you know, I've been thinking and living this for 10 years. Well, it really is an amazing um it's it's very inspirational to me to to hear how just you and a couple of of partners got together and said we'll just do this one person at a time and and now Paul is enjoying his own home because right. of the work that you're doing. Uh, I know that you're very civically minded, Dick, and you mentioned that that the uh, neighbors that you grew up next to in, in San Francisco were helped you with with that and the big brothers big sisters uh but what are some other ways that you've been involved in nonprofits or in programs in the community well it's uh, funny when i moved to uh nevada county in 1974 i think one of the first things i did was uh, join the volunteer fire department in penn valley which has morphed into a paid department with lots of big engines and uh some great equipment. When we started there, we had a uh, an old fire engine that uh, we we had to push to get it started, and uh, <laughs> it was difficult to save much more than a foundation at that time. But it was a, a great organization with lots of people that that cared about the community and really wanted to do service. We had the uh, the, the Penn Valley Rodeo back then, and well, they still have it now, or they resurrected it, and it, it's quite a community event in Penn Valley. And just um, it was different for me growing up in San Francisco, and then coming to Nevada County, where on Tuesday nights we'd go to the fire hall. And the, well, what's the fire hall? And the, the fire hall was the fire hall in Penn Valley, <laughs> and. Uh, there at the gate of Penn Valley, we in about 1980, we were able to uh, take advantage of the, uh, I think it was CETA, California Employment uh, Organization, and they built the uh, firehouse there at the, the main gate in Lake Wildwood, and it was, you know, the type of thing that would cost uh, $2 million today, but it was done mostly with volunteer labor. And, well, I know you, you're also a Rotarian. Uh, how long have you been a Rotarian? Oh, I've been in the Rotary Club, uh, 49er Rotary Club. I've been in for 25 years. Um, Rotary is an incredible organization, um, serving serving others and uh, just making a difference. And so the the piece of Rotary has really helped encourage me around uh, what can I do about the homeless situation. I certainly have the support of my uh, Rotary brothers and sisters to uh listen to me and not think i'm crazy and uh, support me um and uh, that's an incredible support for those of us that want to do service well absolutely sounds like you are doing some major service out there in our community and we're coming up on the last few minutes of the show and i always like to hear from our guests um if you have the power to wave a, a magic wand to improve our community uh, what would you want to create, or what problem would you want to solve? Well, uh, having five grandchildren, uh, recreation is big on my mind, and I think we need to to um, show Tim Kaiser the 
the uh, manager in Grass Valley a real tip of the hat for what he created out by Gilmore School. He did a joint venture with the school district out there in the city of Grass Valley, and they have turf fields out there, which is just incredible for this community to have. Uh, our kids can go out there and play soccer in the, in the rain and uh, just have a great time. It's just wonderful. Uh, so recreation, boys clubs, and being from San Francisco, we grew up with, now it's boys and girls clubs, and it's wonderful. And the YMCA, I know there's people that have worked on those uh, here locally, and hopefully we can, uh, we have the facilities, the gyms and the high schools and, we, and the intermediate schools, we just need to figure out how to staff them and i know neo is doing a great job neo in the friendship club uh working with the the youth in our community so recreation uh the other thing housing i mean this is just we we need we need it you know um people need a place to live we have people commuting you know working minimal jobs here and living in rockland and uh It'd be just a good thing to house our people locally. Well, yeah, I know you are making a difference, Dick, and uh, it's, it is wonderful to have you on the show tonight. Um, and just last thought is, what do you value about our community? Well, what I value is the people like yourself, Lori, and our engineer on the other line there. I mean, we just have great people here that are willing to stop what they're doing and make time for for their fellow citizens and how can we help the others you know i i think it's it's pretty incredible well my guest tonight has been dick law housing advocate thank you for joining us dick the purpose of this program is to inspire and invite people to participate in the betterment of our community discover how you can make a difference by tuning in wednesdays at 6 30 p.m next week your host will be holly grimaldi flores interviewing brad sparks Nevada Union football coach. I want to thank our engineers and podcasters tonight, Holly Grimaldis Flores and Keith Porter. You've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Thanks for joining us and thanks for everything you do to make our community great.